0: Guys, let me tell you about the Blue Cash Preferred Card from American Express with 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. Think about that. If you spend $6,000 on groceries, 6% cash back on that, that is a good deal. You get 6% cash back on chocolate chip cookies, double chocolate chip cookies, and I know I've brought this up before, the elusive triple chocolate chip cookie. If you can find it, it's like Bigfoot, but it's out there. 6% cash back on that as well. It's cash back backed by the service and security of membership. Start earning cash back at amexbluecash.com. Terms apply. Check them out. But go check it out right now because it's great. amexbluecash.com. So happy to once again be talking about a product that I really, truly enjoy on a personal level. I would not lie to you guys about that. Mac Weldon, I wear their underwear and I feel good when I do. That's no joke. Smart design, premium fabrics, simple shopping. I, can't, I couldn't even mess it up. It's not just underwear. They got socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and a new line. They have a new line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which is scientific. And I think it just means that it makes it so your stuff doesn't smell, which is very good when you're dealing with these types of clothing. Okay? They look good. They feel good. They perform well. There's nothing to not like about Mac Weldon. And I'm legit. I wear them myself. Go to MacWeldon.com. You get 20% off using the promo code beautiful. That's MacWeldon.com. Hi, Frank, and everybody else. But if your name is Frank, you just got real freaked out. My name is Chris Gethard, and this is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred
1: rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun and I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me
0: this call I found very fascinating because I got to peek into a culture that I am not a part of guys I've never been religious our caller calls up and he's talking about some stuff I found pretty intense totally calmly I've never had to leave a very um devoted religion it it was never really a factor for me i've also never had kids let alone kids who are tied up in the religion i'm walking away from i've never had to process all that caller thank you for letting us know all about your experiences with your faith and also so charming so calm but i promise you listen to the end and i would sorry you start to hear those walls come down you start to hear this guy get fired up and uh, shared so much about how he grew up and where his life is going caller thank you for the very open and honest call
1: enjoy beautiful anonymous thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello hello
0: hey how's it going
1: good how are you doing is this chris
0: it is this is chris hey chris to answer your question i'm doing good that's how i'm doing
1: good i'm excited to uh, be talking to you i've uh, been listening to your uh podcast since it's uh since it started
0: that's awesome thanks for saying that yeah you know we recorded a whole bunch before we aired any so i think you're one of the i think you might be one of the first people to say that you've actually uh heard the show so you're one of the first people who knows what you're getting into
1: yeah that's why i'm my heart's kind of pounding right now knowing that this could be heard by you know thousands of different people
0: well, hey, I can't. Uh, the cat's out of the bag. I can't. I can't. I. Can't, I would love to say that that's not the case, but uh, yeah, people. People might might hear this. So, but no need for your heart to pound because cool. guess what? Like, if it doesn't go well, we'll just throw it. We'll just throw it in the trash, and I'll move on with our lives.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I'm about to. Uh, I have a law exam in about an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> Wait. You have a law exam in an hour. We're
0: now we're we could talk. I mean, you can you can hang up whenever you want, but a lot of these things go for an hour.
1: Man, this is more important to me than uh, the law exam. And plus, I only have to be in the room like fifteen minutes before it starts. So as soon as this cuts off, I'm good to go.
0: Are you have you been studying? You feel good about it?
1: Uh no. Well, you know, it's my last final uh, for this year. And, uh, I, I didn't, so there's a lot of background. I've, uh, I've got a family, I've got a wife and two kids and, uh, law school hasn't been the easiest thing for me. And I've spent the last couple of years trying to learn how to balance it. And usually during the semester itself, uh, I don't get a lot done. Don't do a lot of reading, but then Uh, The few weeks leading up to the the finals, I kind of, I spend most of my days from like, I usually leave the house at like 7am and get home at close to midnight, just trying to teach myself everything that I wasn't able to do during the semester because I'm working as well. And so just, you know, a lot on my plate.
0: So you, you you designed this whole stretch of your life around cram, cramming, last minute cramming. And today you're (laughs) opting to do this. Instead of cramming. What's the class? Yeah. What's, what class well, the, is it?
1: The, so this one is, is, that's why I'm not too worried about it. If Last week, if you had tweeted uh, the number and I was about to go into like my constitutional law exam, there's no I would have called. But this is a professional responsibility. It just basically talks about ethics of, a, of being a lawyer and how you're not supposed to have sex with your clients and stuff like that. Yeah, those so.
0: those seem like more so it's more common sense. It's more common sense questions. Yeah, more
1: questions. straightforward exactly. Yeah.
0: So this class is mostly making sure you're not like some lunatic dirtbag.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, surprisingly there's still a lot that that get through the cracks and there's a lot of that too.
0: Oh, yeah, you hear that. So you got did when you uh you decided to start law school after you had a family, huh?
1: Yeah, I uh I did actually. So I never was big on education, you know, in, in high school, uh, I grew up in a, in a small town of 1800 people. Education wasn't really the, the thing. Everybody was going in the military. Um, and I was raised, uh, Mormon or LDS. and my, instead of going in the military, my thing was to go on a mission. Wow, you know, a uh, two year mission, where we go knock on doors and so I did that, and then, when I got back uh, from my mission, i uh, I decided, you know I'm gonna I, this, it's a long story man uh, um, but ultimately, once I got married, it wasn't until I got married that I went to school. and then uh, I got my undergrad, and then I was like, what what am I gonna do now because I got my English degree?" And uh, emphasis in creative writing, and I was like, oh, "What am I going to do with that?" I don't, want, I don't really want to teach, and so uh, law seemed like uh, the next logical step. But now I'm doing law, and I actually really hate it. And wow! I don't know.
0: So you uh, Let's see what happens? Where'd you go on your Where'd you go on your mission?
1: Uh, to Chile.
0: See, I was just in Chile. I just went on vacation in Chile. No way. Yeah. No. Uh, no really? Did you
1: go to uh, what city? Did you go to?
0: I did I did two weeks. So my buddy he he married a very very cool um Chilean lady, super cool. My friend my buddy Antonio married Sofia, rad couple. Rad couple and they got cool. married in Zapayar. So we flew okay. in we flew into Santiago w- drove uh-huh. up drove up to Zapayar. Did a couple days hanging out in Zapayar, which is like this beach town, very fun. Did a, a day in Valparaiso and then me and my wife Hallie, we drove all the way up north, all the way through the desert, past Calama. We went to San Pedro de Atacama. It was insane.
1: Yeah, cool. See, I was never up that far north. I was uh, more in the southern part. The lake, of the the lake country, country. Where it was a little colder.
0: You did the lake The lake country.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was, you know, where it was really green, but also could get pretty cold in certain times of the year.
0: Yeah, we weren't sure. Should we go north? Should we go south? We went north. We don't regret it.
1: Yeah, you can't really go wrong with Chile. I mean, it's a beautiful country and lots
0: to do. Also, though, I learned there pretty ultra Catholic country.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they were they uh they were pretty receptive to us actually uh, to the the missionary work that we were doing because they were had that that strong religious background.
0: Oh, so the the shared religious um, dedication meant that they were willing to have a conversation even though the faiths didn't totally exactly. match up. Wow. And did you Yeah
1: co- they almost uh, they felt they felt uh kind of bad turning us away because they felt like we were you know sharing and in, in a similar type of work, I suppose.
0: That's cool. Because, yeah, I know I, I went to high school with this kid named Gabe. He was super cool, really cool guy. Uh-huh. But, but also he was like he 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 was a cool guy. He 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 grew up in the Dominican Republic. He told me that in the Dominican Republic, him and his friends, when they were like preteens, used to make a game out of trying to steal the bikes of Mor- of Mormon missionaries. That was like a game in their neighborhood. Who can steal the bikes?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have a bike. I didn't have a car. I literally just walked for two years.
0: You just walked around talking to people about faith. I
1: just walked. Yeah, yeah. Which. uh yeah, it was it was good at that. I mean, it was really hard because I didn't know Spanish beforehand, and so I was just <laughs> flown into this country. I'd never heard about. I mean, I knew I knew there was a country called Chile, but that was about it. And yeah. taken to this country and uh, paired up with this guy, um, a Chilean who didn't know a lick of English, and I didn't know any Spanish. And for the first six months, I just spoke you know the broken Spanish that I'd learned. Uh, pri- uh, after learning that I was going to Chile and
0: learned it after that. Wow, so it's like a real odd couple where you're running around running around this place you don't know with a person you can't speak to. That's a real, that's, that's very real. And it's six months.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, for, and then, you know, I mean, I was there for two years, but that first six months it was, right. it was pretty tough because I was completely alone and trying to learn this language with this guy I didn't necessarily even like. So...
0: Now, if I may, I may have heard you wrong. I think you said I was, I was, I grew up Mormon or I was raised Mormon, something like that. Is that, did I hear you wrong? Or are you still a practicing Mormon? Or yeah, yeah.
1: That, that, so, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a complicated situation. Uh, I guess since I'm anonymous, I'm afraid to reveal too much because I feel like I kind of have a unique story that if somebody, uh, heard what i was saying they they might be able to recognize me and i I personally i've never really said this to anybody i don't really believe in the faith much anymore um but uh, my wife is still very much believing and plans on raising our kids in it which is kind of difficult for me because it's the type of religion that requires a lot of dedication to continue in the faith um and so it's it's uh kind of a another balance another balancing act I'm having to perform in my life in in addition to the whole law school thing
0: yeah that's you got a lot going on <laughs> that is that is a lot yeah, what I've always heard and I grew up in the northeast you know irish uh-huh. Catholic so you, yeah you hear you hear about Mormonism, and I think a lot of people you know, what I have always heard. And again, this comes from a place of total ignorance. I'm the first to admit that this is just stuff you hear, but yeah. the stuff you hear on TV or in tabloids is that leaving the Mormon faith can be very hard because you're, you're effectively stepping away from your whole community. Um, so uh, yeah. is that,
1: do, yeah. is, and that's, I think, um, that, that has been the hardest part because I've had an open discussion with my wife about this and I, I told her, that I I was having my doubts because I mean the whole Mormon faith is based upon uh, a guy named Joseph Smith and the claims he made, you know, some 200 years ago. And so if you can discredit that, the whole thing kind of tumbles and, um, and, and with the internet and the availability of information, it makes it easy for one to gather information, uh, when you're questioning and which was kind of what I was doing. And, uh, Anyway, so, yeah, it just requires pretty much your whole life, like every aspect, every day, your whole identity, your friends, um, the decisions you make where I came to school, where I choose to work. Everything's kind of surrounded by this uh, uh, layer of being a Mormon, and uh, when you find out or when you decide not to believe anymore, um, it really affects uh, pretty much aspect, every aspect of your life.
0: Wow, do you remember what piece of information got through and, and gave you the the doubts where it came tumbling down?
1: <laughs> well, I don't, oh, man. I don't. I, I just think um, you know it's really interesting. I know this isn't really an answer to your question, um, but there are really smart people in the LDS faith, uh, which is you know Mormons are. Uh, the official name for the Mormon Church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. and so uh, people call us LDS mm-hmm. for Latter- Day Saints. And um, there are a lot of intelligent people, uh, doctors, lawyers, um, philanthropists all who are Mormons, they have gotten their they're just very intelligent people, and then they believe some very fantastic things about uh, Joseph Smith uh, seeing God and Jesus Christ. And um, and then, you know, the whole polygamy thing and how it was ordained as God and, um, and pretty much uh, the Book of Mormon, how it came to be uh, conceived and translated by Joseph Smith by looking into a hat with a shining rock. I mean, there's very uh, unique and odd things that Normally, you would find in like a science fiction book, but now it's like real, and they believe it. Um, and so there's just a lot of if, if you want to invest data, if you're listening in your LBS, I don't want to kill your faith because it's a very good thing. For the most part, LDS people are very good people. Um, but at the same time, um, I feel like I was, I was living a lie to some degree. Wow.
0: That's not easy. You say you've talked with your wife about it, but are there other... So are you effectively still living within the Mormon community, knowing that...
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I'm fully immersed, 100%. I'm at church every Sunday. I I mean, I'm I'm doing everything that somebody that would believe 100% is doing.
0: And you're doing this for the sake of your family, I would imagine?
1: Yeah, so my wife has enjoyed told me that uh, if I were not a uh, Mormon, if I did not continue living as a Mormon, that she would, like, essentially <laughs> leave me.
0: Oh wow. So, yeah. That's not an easy conversation to have, huh?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not. And so, it was funny because I, I did the whole hypothetical. I'm like, if I'm not Mormon, what does that mean? And she was like, well, i uh, Because in the Mormon faith... Uh, the person you marry on Earth is the person you spend eternity with, your whole afterlife with. And um, so, if you stop believing the Mormon religion, you essentially are not entitled to that that whole afterlife. Um, and so, to her, if I'm not going to be Mormon, then she's wasting her time with me, and she should go find somebody who is believing that can um, be with her forever. Wow, if that makes sense. So that does
0: present, and again, I'm very unfamiliar with the actual um, day-to-day, nuts and bolts of the Mormon faith, so hopefully, if I step on yeah. any to- if I step on any tones or say anything, you're like, that's an ignorant well, thing people say all the time. So
1: where I grew up, i was I was the only Mormon um, in my whole high school, and I had to like pretty much teach everybody. Oh, yeah. Everything.
0: So every, and, and every so well. ignorant thing that gets said, you've already heard a thousand times then.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, oh, I won't worry about it then. But it does sound like there is, there is some world in which if, 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 um, if the faith is on target, that there is some potential that like a thousand years from now, your wife will turn around and be like, hey, I told you so. And you're going to be like, well, yeah, you were right. Glad I stuck with this. Glad I, glad I put in the uh,
1: effort every Sunday. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, my... I don't know because, I mean, oh man, this is such a complicated topic because it goes so deep. Um, I just, I I legitimately don't believe in it. I, I think there is 0% chance of it being true. Um, so I'm not really worried about that.
0: So this is, you're putting on a show. It's fair to say you're putting on a show.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean- wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's an interesting uh, dynamic, I guess. Uh, I wouldn't even call it dynamic because it kind of just envelops my whole life. That's just day to day what it is. And I've just kind of weighed the uh, consequences of coming clean against uh, ultimately the most important thing to me is having my kids be happy. Right. And uh so I just want to like it, will they be happier if I put on this facade and I stay together with my wife, which is fine. Like I love my wife very much. Um but I know if I can't clean it, it would probably eventually uh you know result in separation or something.
0: Well, can I ask um, you a hard question? For sure. Okay, hold on. Right there. I know I'm interrupting the call. I get it. I know, but let's everybody just take a deep breath. And I know the best way for us to all take a deep breath is for me to tell you about some of the, the kind people that help make this show happen. Guys, Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house, sleek design. They deliver it in a very small, how-did-they-do-that-size box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow, soft, breathable sheets. It's really high-quality stuff. Thousands of hours went into developing the Casper, combined springy latex supportive memory foam, sleep surface. It's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. It's breathable, helps regulate your temperature, keeps you cool. All the things you want in a mattress that are very hard to find, they've got it. And cost-wise, can't beat it. Mattresses can cost over $1,500, but Casper keeps it reasonable. $500 for a twin-size mattress, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, $950 for a king. Cannot beat that. Guess what? It's also risk-free, Okay, this is a company that is very consumer-friendly. If you don't love your experience with Casper, after 100 nights, they will just come pick it up, refund you everything, no questions asked. That is amazing customer service. Time Magazine named the Casper one of the best inventions of 2015. It is now the most awarded mattress of the decade, free shipping and returns to US and Canada. Try Casper, 100 nights free. Again, if you don't love it, they'll come pick it up. You get all your money back, it's made in America. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash beautiful. Use that code, get that credit, terms, conditions apply, enjoy it. Thank you, Casper. So right now, you're listening to Beautiful Anonymous. Thank you for that. And maybe along the way, you thought to yourself, it would be awesome if I had somebody like Chris Gethard to talk to about my life, just see what happens, have an honest conversation. And it's a very flattering thought, but guess what? There's a service out there that allows you to do that even though technologically we're more connected than ever before, actual human interaction, it's getting more and more impersonal. People don't have friends that can get on the phone anymore, okay? We're depriving ourselves of that actual gratifying connection. This is where the Chirpy network comes in. It's a service that lets you rent a conversation buddy. This is not social media. This is not texting. It's a real person who keeps you company on the phone at your convenience. They say that it's easier to talk to a stranger because you don't feel like you're being judged for who you really are. I think this podcast proves that. Chirpy is right on the same page. They also take privacy very seriously. The calls are routed anonymously through their system. Chirpy has a huge marketplace. There's hundreds of listeners that really enjoy conversations and make money doing something they love. Try them out. Go to chirpynetwork.com and sign up with referral code BEAUTIFUL. That will get you 20 talk credits for just a dollar start talking to your very own beautiful stranger. Okay, it's time to return to our call.
1: Will they be happier if I put on this facade and I stay together with my life, which is fine. Like, I love my wife very much. Um, but I know if I can't clean, it would probably eventually, uh, you know, result in... Separation
0: or something. Well, can I ask and you a hard question? For sure. I know, And you can say no. I don't. If you just say no, I'll just move on. That's totally fine by me. And the last thing I want to do is poke a hornet's nest here. The last thing I want to do is cause <laughs> trouble. I want to be clear on that. But you're being really open. I do have a question. So you just said, like, you want your, your kids to be happy. Is there any part of you that feels like like this is a path that you discovered was not sitting well with you and, and what happens if it doesn't sit well with your kids and what do you say to them about that when that moment comes, if it comes?
1: Um, I think I would probably agree with them, tell them I feel the same way and, um, maybe talk to them about the benefits of continuing, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I I think I literally think about this all the time, like daily, and the pros and cons of each option I have. Like the pro of being truthful and living honestly with myself, and then the pros and cons of um, continuing living in a way that I don't necessarily believe is. This is truthful and I mean like I said the most important thing to me is to make my kids happy and so I just I, I'm kind of at the point to the juncture where I'm like which one of those two things would ultimately lead to my children's um, long-term happiness wow Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, sorry to sorry to just pile it on you, but like this is something that's been going on for years, and like you're the first person that I I mean, there's not a platform like this where I can just diss all this shit onto you and be completely anonymous. So
0: that's what I'm here for. This is I've I've learned. I will tell you what. Can I tell you something from my life? I thought I was going to start this podcast and it was going to be mostly people just prank calling me. But if instead it turns into a thing where people call up, speak honestly with me, share things with me, and help alleviate maybe some of their own psychic baggage um, through a friendly voice, I'm very happy to provide that. Very happy if that's what it is instead.
1: It's funny because, like, when I, before calling you, like, I was like, I'm probably never going to get this opportunity. I mean, when you post that number, there's probably going to be. At least a couple hundred people, if not more, trying to call simultaneously, the chances of me ever getting through are slim. But if I ever do get through and I had this whole like what I would talk about and this was not what I had planned on talking about. Wow! Oh God, I had no idea. I was just going <laughs> to share some funny stories and uh, call it good, but it
0: and then definitely I, took
1: a different direction than what I anticipated.
0: And then my calm, dulcet tones and inviting demeanor laid a trap that has you telling me all about your <laughs> conflicted <laughs> faith and relationship with God and family.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, listening to the other stories, uh, the other anonymous callers, I, I, I could relate with almost every single one of them, like little aspects of... Um, of their lives and I'm like, oh man, if I ever got through and talked to Chris, I would share something similar. I would talk about this or I'd talk about that and share my story. Um which is funny, but I mean I know this is this is kind of similar like your last week's uh podcast about the guy who has trouble with his marriage and then the the Jewish guy who left his religion. And Yeah. Why <laughs> there's so this is one thing I wanted to say. Um I was kind of relating to that anonymous caller. Actually she ended up not being anonymous. Oh yeah. She, she is, ended yes. up like saying her name or whatever. Uh-huh. She was like the the cam girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to like identify her as the cam girl because obviously she does so much more. But that's kinda like what stuck out. <clears throat> but uh so I I was in entertainment for a while, not in adult, adult entertainment. Um but I, I hosted a show on uh, cable television, and that's something I kind of still always wanted to do. Well, that's cool. But then I got married and I had to put that life on hold.
0: Yeah, and, and now you're uh, going to be a lawyer.
1: Well, I'm getting my law degree. I don't know if I'm going to be a lawyer.
0: What are the other options? I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I, almost dropped out of a state school with an American, I got an American studies degree. I don't know what, what do you, what else do you do if you're not a lawyer?
1: What are my other, well, I know that like, you know, getting your JD just definitely, I mean, it opens the doors to a lot of different things, you know, higher pay and pretty much whatever you would go into. But, um, I don't know. I don't know, really know. I mean, the options are endless. I think that's my problem is I literally feel like I still can be anything or do anything, Obviously, I mean, I still really enjoy the whole entertainment field, and would like to get back into that. That's um, cool. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't. I don't know how I'm going to do that with with uh, my responsibilities now, because I just I don't know where I'd fit it in. Yeah, how many
0: kids do you have?
1: Uh, two. Two, two kids. kids.
0: How old are Three they? Three and two. Three and two. Yeah. Wow. And had you already uh had you already sort of lapsed faith wise when you by the time you had your kids?
1: Um not with the first one, but before the second one, yeah.
0: Wow, what an interesting timeline. Do you think having your first child is something that helped lead to a lot of the
1: questions? Um No, I mean I think if anything Having kids added to like I feel, I feel like I'm a very spiritual person. I, I feel like I'm very in tune with um, like i I believe that there's something beyond us. I think we have a very um, limited perspective on existence. And we come up with these theories that are based upon our limited perspective, and there's just so much more that we don't know and that we can't know. And it's just, um, and I mean, I don't, evolution in general, I don't don't know if I, I believe in the whole, I think there's, I believe in adaptation. I don't know if I believe in, and evolution, I believe in the evolution of the the, the mind. I believe uh, 10,000 years ago, um, looking ahead, we would have seemed like gods. And 10,000 years from now, looking ahead, the people that we could see would would appear the same. And so I feel like if there is God, God is... Maybe just a, an advanced human from you know uh, millions of years maybe ahead of us or that has advanced and is able to I don't know uh, do godlike things, but I, I, and, and so it's kind of a, a mixture of spirituality and science,
0: I suppose.: Wow, so you've really thought about it backwards and forwards now. I will tell you this. I also I believe is there is there a phrase is there saying I think I think that we just looked it up is there a saying as man now is God once was as God now is man will one day be which is a more I, I've, I've been told that's <laughs> yeah. A more, so it sounds like your philosophy does match that, up that's
1: definitely that. a Mormon thing which which is funny because there are lots of uh, Mormon teachings that I am just I find fascinating and amazing and I would love for it to be true like like i think it like the when i think of heaven um i mean i don't i don't picture myself as an angel like singing praises to god for the rest of eternity like i feel like that after a couple hundred years that just sounds uh, no offense to anybody out there but it sounds like hell like i don't i don't want to do that mm-hmm. and so like i i think about what makes me happy now and it's progression like I like to progress. I like to be moving forward. Uh, and so I just feel like that makes sense to me, like to someday become a God, which is what, what Mormons teach is that God was a man, or at least, okay, so it's it's a touchy subject in the Mormon religion to teach this because it was taught by a early prophet of the church, And some other prophets now of the church say, we don't really know a lot about this, so we don't preach it or teach it. But one of the prophets said that God was a man like you and I who had a God. And he lived in such a manner that he was able to advance to the the next level and then so on and so forth. And we, too, can do that um, through jesus christ jesus christ allows us to advance to that like next level which at what point we will become a god and create spiritual beings and send them to an earth and so on and so forth and like you know the, the progression continues
0: wow so i'll say this just based on what you've told me about your own spirituality and you're still a very spiritual person with strong opinions on faith And then there are parts of your faith that sound like they do tie into all the things you grew up knowing and learning. Is it fair to say, like, have you totally lapsed on Mormonism or are you like, sort of like a neo-Mormon? Is there like a new form of Mormonism that you're, is there this adapted level of Mormonism in your head where the parts that you, which I think it's funny because growing up Catholic, is there some sort of, was that like a hawk or something behind you? I just heard a noise.
1: No, sorry. I was I was walking through a door. Oh, I was, uh, I was way off the getting mark. Getting to a less.
0: I was way off the hawk. mark for my end. I should have That'd assumed cool, creaky door. I should have assumed creaky door. My immediate concern is <laughs> that you were being attacked by a hawk. That was way off. That was just way off. It
1: was. It was. Yeah. God for speaking such blasphemous uh, stuff. He sent a hawk to
0: attack me. But I. I, I let's move on from my hawk faux pas. If we may, I was saying like, I grew up Catholic and I feel like a lot of Catholics, almost standard with Catholics that it's like, uh, I don't believe, like, I, I don't believe in like all this pomp and circumstance, but there's certain core things that, yes, I think are really beautiful that I buy into. Would you say you're at that point with Mormonism or is it, is Mormonism something you feel very disconnected to or disconnected from rather?
1: Um, I mean, being born and raised in it, I think my character uh, is very much I mean it, it, it was created around I think we're all born with like a um, I think our, our personality kind of comes from our DNA a little bit we're predisposed predisposed pre disposition to um,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, certain
1: um, certain things and then other things we learn and observe. And I think Mormonism is something my character, it was formed around Mormonism. And so I'm more inclined to believe certain things and feel certain things. Um,
0: so that's the platform that. upon which your spirituality now stands. That was the exactly, launching yeah. point.
1: And I think it's just a cool story in general. Yeah. Like, I, I just find it fascinating. I, I, like I said, I, I would love for it to be true. But I just simply, I mean, and belief is something that I've kind of, I'm I'm learning is something we choose to do. Um, We can either choose to believe or choose not to believe, Um, which in the Mormon community is kind of hard sometimes because a lot of them preach that they know, like, they know that Joseph Smith was a prophet. They know the Book of Mormon is true, like a true word of God. And they know, they know, they know. Um, But my vocabulary is more like, I would like to believe it. I would like to believe it. I would like to believe it. But um, it's hard for me to give in um, certain information that I've learned and and things. But I mean, I can always choose to believe. But if I choose to believe, then I'm having to push aside so many other things that are factual.
0: So it sounds like... If I may coin a phrase here, I might coin a whole phrase that starts a whole, who knows, this could start, this could open a whole door. Sounds like you're sort of like, it sounds to me like maybe you haven't totally walked away. It is still the foundation. Sounds like maybe you could be termed Mormon casual.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. They have a a term called Jack Mormon. A Jack Mormon is uh, a Mormon that's kind of gone astray.
0: A Jack Mormon. But is that like that? So is that. I got a question. I, I got a question. I got a killer question. Ah, this one might. Okay. This one might tear at you, This one might tug at your heart, though. I don't know if it's fair to ask. <laughs> this one might. This is a killer. Uh, Can I? And you don't have to answer it.
1: I'll answer it. I don't care.
0: You might. You might. Who knows? You can't say. You don't know how you're going to react to this because it just occurred to me. So there's this faith. And you were raised in it. And there's some people you've indicated. There's maybe some people who are a little dogmatic, people who are a little rigid. You've read some stuff that you just straight up say, it's, I, can't, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe there's aspects of this that feel fictional and people preach it as fact. And that feels disingenuous or maybe even off-putting in some way. You're sorting out your uh-huh. own faith. Meanwhile, you've got kids, who are still in this faith, yeah. who are being raised your, by your partner who is still very, very devoted to the faith. These are all facts you've told me. This means that like you once did, your kids are going to go off at some point and spend two years telling other people these are facts. Your, your kids are going to spread these things that you have found to be <laughs> yeah, a personal turnoff. Yeah. That must keep you up at night, huh? Yeah. yeah. There's
1: a lot of things that keep you up at night, and that's one of them for sure. I uh... Wow.
0: Yeah. Don't miss the rest of this conversation. I'm telling you, okay? We'll be right back after this very short message. There's got to be a better way to mail and ship stuff. Going to the post office, standing online forever with a bunch of grumpy people. Leasing a postage meter gets real expensive, real fast. Turns out, hey, guess what? There is a better way, and it's called stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk with your computer, your printer. even get special postage discounts you can't find at the post office. Plus, stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You can save at least 50% compared to a postage meter and avoid the horrifically time-consuming trips to the post office. I enjoy stamps.com. I remember the Gethard Show when we started it back in the day. We sold T-shirts, and I would go and show up, and I'd have, like, if I had 10 packages, everyone would be staring at me like I was the devil for having that many things to mail. None of that. None of that social anxiety. None of that stress because of stamps.com. Right now, sign up for stamps.com. Use my promo code beautiful for this special offer. Four-week trial. $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Do not wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in beautiful. That's Stamps.com. Enter beautiful. Thank you to all our sponsors. Super cool of you to get on board with this one. Let's get back to the phone call.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things that keep me up at night, and that's one of them for sure i uh, Wow.
0: Yeah. Like your kid someday, your kid someday, you're going to, you're going to take the kid to, I, and I'm not trying to be exploitative. I'm not trying to be rude here. But at
1: the same time, at the same time, I feel like we all, we, we all live a reality, uh, separate from others. I mean, uh, like we all have to believe in something. And for the most part, Mormonism has made me into a good person, yeah, uh, obviously I have my flaws. Uh so like I'm kind generous, charitable, hard working and not to, to say I wouldn't be that way otherwise like if I were raised Baptist or Catholic or with no religion at all because there are people that are like that.
0: Yeah, there's there um, like grew up Irish Catholic. There's a lot of dirtbags, a lot of dirtbag Irish Catholics. Yeah, so and, I I mean, and there's that. a lot of there's
1: a lot of Mormons who are dirtbags too. So um I mean it, But in general, I think raising my children in the Mormon religion is a good thing. Um, And I think if they were in my mission, that taught me, you know, I I now know Spanish fluently. I know how to deal with people that I hate and be professional and tactful and hardworking. And so these are all qualities that I would like for my kids to learn. And so it's my place to, you know, push off my beliefs onto them. I mean, I I don't necessarily like that. My parents did it to me, so uh, I'm not going to, like, you know, break them from something that would maybe be beneficial in their life. And if they go decide later on that that's not something they want to do, I wouldn't, you know, disown them or anything like some people do.
0: Are there other other underground... uh... I guess because you can't talk about it. There's got to. You go to the church on Sunday. There's got to be a couple other people sitting in there, looking at their phone. Fo- I, I know at the, there is. Looking at their I, phone. take a chance, right?
1: I think I think there's a lot more than anybody's willing to admit, it. Uh, and I think it's for the sole purpose of, what, of the reasons I mentioned. Is the community? Actually, you brought that up. The community. I mean. Uh, are you familiar with the Provo, Utah area? Provo, Utah.
0: I've heard that. I've heard those words said a couple times in my life. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's uh, where Brigham Young University is. Yeah, BYU. Anyway, that's kind of like the uh, <laughs> the the where everybody goes to get married to find their their eternal companion. Um, if you're Mormon, you you graduate high school. If you're a guy, you go on your mission. When you get home, you go to Pru- Utah. If you're a girl, you graduate high school and you go to Provo, Utah. And, yeah, and, Mo- and Mormons there you find, the,
0: the stereotype I've always heard Mormons generally marry a little younger than the than the national average, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, you were your last, last podcast. I, I, it's funny because you asked the guy who got married at 19 if he was religious. Um. And yeah, that's very that's very true. And Mormons especially especially the girls get married pretty young, you know, nineteen, even eighteen, eighteen to twenty two seems about be about the average. And guys are a little older, they're probably more on like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. I yeah, I, I got married uh, mid twenties. Uh-huh. My wife was a little younger than me. So that's that's pretty standard. Um, but yeah, they, they all go to Provo, they find their mate. And so there's a big uh Big community of you know Mormonism, uh, yeah. and the culture is very strong there. Um, I, don't, I don't really know where I was going with
0: that. <laughs> no, that's okay. That happens all uh, the time on this show. I got a st- You want to hear a story? I got a story about a, a, a thing that happened to me once years ago. If I may. Yeah. But I don't want to make it about me. And this is a platform for you, but yeah. I, I think you'll get a kick out of this. I one night went with a bunch of my friends. We were all bored. A bunch of my friends, in a, this is before I even lived in New York. I lived in Jersey, but I was in New York doing comedy, and a bunch of us didn't have shows. And I was like, I heard about, there's this place, Roosevelt Island, in the middle of the East River in New York. And I was like, oh, I heard there's an abandoned mental hospital. Let's go break into it. So me and my friends uh, went over there, and we tried to break into it, and we couldn't. But then we were walking, and there were all these really gorgeous people, like really, really good-looking ladies, good-looking guys. And they were all like flooding this island. It's pretty. There's not really much foot traffic on Roosevelt Island, so we said, "Oh, hey, where are you guys going?" And one of the girls really zeroed in on a friend of mine and was like, "Oh, we're going to this party up on the northern tip of the island. You should come." She kind of ignored the rest of us, and uh, when we got there, we realized, man, like nobody's drinking at this party. Nobody's smoking a cigarette, and it's outdoors. Like this, you know, New York is a very uh, like interesting place. And then I was like, man everybody's just like holding a bottle of water. Like what is going on? Turned out we were at a, we turned it, turned out we were at like a Mormon youth meeting, a New York Mormon youth meeting. And, uh, but yeah. I'll tell you what, I felt a little, I felt a little bad about myself because everyone, I, I will say this, that, that was the first time I realized M- Mormons as a, as a people, good looking people, good looking people, yeah. Mormons. And they all zeroed yeah. in on my friend who's, uh, a very, a very good-looking guy, and I'll tell you who that friend was. He's, uh, his name was Zach Woods. He's now on Silicon Valley. He was on The Office. Yeah. And they really were trying. Yeah. They were really giving. They were really giving him the pitch. They really wanted to. They were really hoping. They kept inviting. They took his number and they would text him and invite him to more Mormon events. I never got invited <laughs> one time. They didn't like me with my big head and my, uh, and my yeah, socially awkward you ways. Weren't good at, you weren't attractive enough. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was rejected by the Mormons of New York City outright. They all hit on my hotter friend. Both hit on him romantically through flirtation and religiously through recruitment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what. I don't know how that happened, but it seems to be for the the most part, Mormons are pretty attractive. I'm
0: not hot enough to be uh, a Mormon. Huh? I'm not.
1: Well, you know. <laughs> oh wow okay. ouch ouch you did not you did not uh you, Chris, you didn't dispute it you're married you're married you know you don't even need to worry about it anymore yeah but i mm. at least i want to know i want to be hot enough for mormons to accept me i know i'm married but can a guy dream like 30, hey, i guarantee you i guarantee you that if this podcast airs
0: mm-hmm, which it will you're man. gonna
1: have mormons contacting you really Sorry, yeah, yeah, I can myself. almost guarantee it. Yeah, I would love that, and especially, I, I, especially if, if you feel like you're, you feel like you're not good enough. Oh wow! Uh, and and you and you and you say you know that you had interest or whatever. I would give it like within hours of the airing. Really, somebody would be
0: contacting <laughs> So You're me. saying just through jokingly saying, "I wish I was hot enough to be Mormon." I've opened the door where I will probably be. Uh, there will be a conversion attempt at some point
1: could almost guarantee it. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I'm always happy to have a conversation. But anybody who's listening and thinking about maybe trying to convert me, I can let you know that I'm very flattered. But ultimately,
1: uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to convert. Me. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to thwart them. They've, they're really good at getting around. no's.
0: Who knows? Hey, give it your best shot, then. Give it your best shot. <laughs> So what else, what else? You said you had some funny stories. You also, you said a couple times that your story cuts very deep. You said you had to be vague because your story is so specific. What else, we got a little under 20 minutes left. I've been, lo- I love this conversation. Thank you for having it. What else, what else do you need to let me know about your life? What else do you want to get off your chest while you got, got me here?
1: Oh, uh, let's see. So I was, like I said, I was, I was born and raised in a very small town. Um, I guess I can, I can narrow it down to Texas. So Mm -hmm. I was born and raised in Texas in a very small town. Uh, there was only 200 kids in my high school, uh, like 42 in my class. Wow. And before that, even, um, I was homeschooled for a couple of years, which when I say homeschool, I, I use the term lightly because I could probably count on maybe one hand the days I was actually schooled the rest of the time. I just kind of, uh. I, I grew up on a farm with like cows and chickens and horses and all that, and uh, I, I spent most of my day just outside and, and, and doing things. And uh, then at one point, I told my mom that I wanted to go to public school, and that was in, in the sixth grade. So I went back to the public school in the sixth grade. So pretty much I didn't go to elementary at all. Wow. And uh, Do you have
0: brothers and sisters? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so my I have two two half-brothers and a half-sister. My mom was previously married, and her husband died in a motorcycle accident oh, and remarried uh, my dad, and then my mom and dad uh, had me. And uh, so now there's a kind of an interesting family dynamic because I'm the only one from them, and I, I feel like uh, maybe they feel like, I don't know, I get special treatment or whatever, but i don't I don't feel that way, but um, oh so
0: they you're your uh, your half brothers and sisters they think you're like the golden child, yeah well wow you, family, so you I got a lot of family stuff in your past and your present and your future,
1: you know so my sister she's actually so um are you <laughs> she keeps bringing back the mormon thing my sister she's she's gay or lesbian, I guess, and um that that didn't play well with my parents being super Orthodox Mormons.
0: Yeah. Rumor and, has it, um, rumor has it that Mormonism is not the most accommodating faith for homosexuality. That's putting it lightly yeah, based yeah. on what I've heard. That's the putting it lightly version of what you hear.
1: Yeah. Especially, uh, um, if you're not familiar with like the Mormon bee or whatever, uh, the lead singer of neon trees came out as being a homosexual and, um, pretty much disavowed the Mormon faith and put out a music video um, pretty much you know, totally dissing the church for not accepting him for being gay. And uh, anyway, uh, that's off track. My sister came out, she she had been married actually to a man um, that lasted about a year and then she came to a, uh, a family gathering with a girl instead of her husband and we had no idea what was going on and then uh it kind of trickled out slowly after that that she was she was bi and then full-on gay and um but uh I think that was something that my, my parents still struggle with that because they're still you know very much uh, believing that because she's gay she's sinning and as long as you're sinning continue to sin, and you can't be, you can't, you know, go to heaven and, and be with them.
0: And how'd you take it?
1: So how did I take it? Yeah. You know, um, she came out, uh, shortly after I got home from my mission. So I was still very much like in that mentality. Uh, but now like, um, like I love, like it's, it hurts because like she's my sister and she needs just as much love from her parents as anybody would. And I feel like she's not getting it or at least she doesn't feel like she's getting it. And I don't think my parents probably are getting it. And so uh, I I feel bad for her and I try to reach out and, you know, tell her how much I love her and respect her and appreciate her. Um, And I, and I feel bad maybe for giving her kind of a cold shoulder Wow. For the first little bit after she came out because I was still kind of had that you know, mentality. And, and I don't think maybe because of the whole, you know, um, I, I think it's been a, an evolution of society and our um, and our feelings about homosexuality in the last, you know, few decades. That have, I mean, it's it's still in a transitional period where people are still warming up yeah. to the idea that they are equal and. Anyway.
0: of course I do want to let you know I don't want to interrupt that thought because it's very deep I do want to let you know we have about 14 minutes left which also means you have about 29 minutes till your exam just so you remember that because we've gone down some <laughs> rabbit holes okay. and I bet you might have forgotten you have a law school exam in roughly half an hour and I don't know why yeah. you're on the phone with me right now completely because <laughs> I would imagine you're supposed because, to focus like I up said,
1: this is way more important than a law exam like I, I, I'm i probably the shittiest law student that's ever gone to law school and has been able to get through law school. Like <laughs> I give it the absolute bare minimum effort, and I scrape by, and I, I, I'm very calculating in that way. I know exactly what I have to do to scrape by,
0: <laughs>
1: and that's all most, I do. I,
0: most law school students... I think once you, when you opt into law school, most people are, are – because I was the type of person that was scraping to get by. I was also praying that I'd never have to step into a classroom ever again. Law school students are generally very studious people.
1: Yeah, Chris, I've been – I say this in all honesty and I'm genuine. Like I've literally been living hell for the last few years of my life. Like wow. law school is the complete antithesis of my of me and my personality like i feel like i'm very creative um i know that maybe this conversation
0: you're living you're living multiple lives you're living a religious life you're living you're aiming towards a professional
1: life of all these (laughs) things you don't want
0: to be doing
1: Yeah, you're telling me like i was actually doing some research on this and uh i think i have what they call imposter syndrome and that's where uh you and I, I don't I don't think you can self diagnose. I don't think that's a, you're not allowed to do that, or at least there's no credibility to it. But I, I have a lot of symptoms. So I just I feel like I'm an imposter. So that's pretty much you know, the gist of it. Like, you know, I am wow.
0: I feel like everyone listening everyone listening to this is currently Googling the phrase imposter syndrome.
1: <laughs> well I think a lot of people probably have it in some, uh, aspect of their life, but I don't think it envelops their life maybe as much as it does mine. Wow. uh, Yeah. So I just, I, I genuinely, like, I feel like I'm a creative person and I thought that maybe my creativity would set me apart from maybe most lawyers, but in reality, law just like, I feel like sucks the creativity out. Like not cr- sucks it out and manifests itself, but it like sucks it out and destroys it, and it's just very much like robotic, and it's really hard to put yourself into anything. Law um, to be a good lawyer is to be a studious lawyer, to be a yeah um, uh, a a robot essentially, and just like go through the, the steps. Process and, info, um, yeah.
0: What about entertainment law? You ever thought about getting into entertainment law, Well, you're working with the? Uh, well, see, that's
1: what I, that's what I was thinking because that's kind of what my first initial. I go, I'll go into law school and become an entertainment lawyer because I was in the entertainment field for a while. You know, I hosted a TV show, I had some connections. I could like, I've also got a, like know quite a few mu- musicians.
0: Yeah, um, you can be broker in deals, spreading creativity I, through the, the back it's channels. That's the
1: same thing. I mean, it's law and law like. It sucks. Like, it, I would, it would be like me. What are you going to do? Be, You're not going to do law. You hate it. So, what are you going to wind up doing? Why are you, how many years of law school do you have left? I've got one, one year. After the, so, today's my last exam. When I finish my exam today and three and a half hours from now, I will finish my uh, second year of law school and we'll have one more. So, <laughs> I, I'm not the type of I don't quit really anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Except that's commendable. But anyway. So, but you want to. And so you I, I want to quit everything, and you don't quit anything. You there's a lot of things you want to quit, <laughs> but you you mentally quit. You mentally quit a lot of times, but you still show up.
1: Yeah, that's that's well. I feel like half a life, or even maybe more than ninety percent of life, is just showing up. And I feel like maybe there's a saying out there that says something like that.
0: I'm sure uh, there is.
1: I'm sure yeah, there is. like. And it's funny, like law school. Like everybody was like, "It's hell," and it is hell. But like, I can tell anybody thinking about going to law school out there that you can get your juris doctorate by doing very little. Like,
0: <laughs> I like this. <laughs> like, I like you done giving very it. Little. S- so you're saying you can scam that system if you're on the fence about law school. You're my friend, my anonymous friend right here. You're saying, yeah, you can slip through. You can scam that system.
1: Yeah. No, totally. I mean, just, I guess like anything else, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to go into, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in debt doing it, but yeah, you know, that's, that's an it issue. Pay off, I guess Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something you got to be okay with. Um, but so yeah, I've got, I've got a year left and then I said, I'm, I'm working like 24 hours a week right now this summer. I'm going to be working full time. It's a pretty steady job at a firm. Um, I'm hoping they didn't make me an offer. I plan on working there probably for a year out of law school. In the meantime, I plan on when I find time, uh, you know, writing. Like I said, I love writing. Yeah. Um, I've written a lot. Uh, I would like to get into acting.
0: You just described a life where you're going to finish law school, actively pursue getting hired by a firm, but also quietly do things that you hope trump it, supersede it. So you're not going to walk away from that. I feel like
1: that's the smart way to do things. I know people are thinking I'm probably crazy right now, but like, I feel like it's almost just as crazy to work at a restaurant and wait tables for 25 years, waiting for your break and living in the slums and you don't know anything's going to happen. Like I know you had that lady on here who, you know, is going to be, she said her life is a beautiful destruction. She's, giving her life to like her creative art. And that's commendable too. But like if I were single, I would be in the back. I mean, I lived in the back of my car, same as that lady while I was single, but I'm married now and have kids and I can't have them sleeping in a car in the backseat with me. So I've got to create a safety net while I pursue my dreams. When did you
0: sleep in your car? What do you can't just drop that bomb with seven minutes left. You'd sleep. When I was
1: trying to, I, I don't, I, while I was trying to pursue, so I said I hosted a television show. Yeah. And while I was trying to pursue that, while I was single, I had the. I think I literally quit my job, uh, where I was living, dumped my girlfriend. I was in the middle of a, my first semester of school, and I just quit it, moved out to California, slept on my friend's couch. He got kicked out of where he was living. I had nowhere to live, so I slept in my car. My closet was my trunk.
0: This is Los Angeles? In Los Angeles?
1: In Los Angeles, yeah.
0: This show is now called, we might as well just call this show Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People Who Live in Los Angeles and Have Slept in Their Car. This is an amazing, (laughs) amazing crossover. So wait, you were there? you You had a TV show in L.A.? You were hosting a TV show in L.A.?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I did. So this is a for real thing. Yeah. This is not. I, I assumed because you said you grew up in a small town and you've been referencing places that seem smaller than LA. Do you live in? Do you live near LA anymore? I don't want to tread on the anonymity, but
1: yeah, yeah, no, I do. I live. Yeah, I do.
0: And you went to LA for this TV show, and you were host You were the host of a TV show.
1: I was. Yeah.
0: And what? So how? Were the, was the, were the kids the clean break from that, or?
1: So so getting married was a clean break uh because my wife she was in school in a different state, and I felt like that was more important the whole schooling thing, and so I couldn't continue doing the show while living out of state, so I kind of gave that up so that she could get her wow. schooling done and then um yeah, you- and it, it kind of led me here but so yeah i I lived in. I lived in my car for a little while trying to pursue that. I got the the job and then lived pretty good for a while and then had to make the choice between, you know, continuing down that path or getting married. But like I said, I, I, I can't live in the back of my car anymore with kids. Of course. And so, like I've got to create, I've got to create a safety net, which is my law degree ultimately. So yeah, I hate it. But instead of me serving tables now while I'm pursuing my dream of entertainment.
0: You're doing the right thing by your family.
1: I can now, like, actually provide a living and live in a house. Yeah. And live a relatively good life while I now, pers- like, I got the shit out of the way. Like, I don't, I did the hard work and now I can, like, work. Yeah. And make a good living and pursue my dreams.
0: Four minutes left. I'm loving this rant. Four minutes
1: left. This is, like, the fastest hour of my life. <laughs> like, really? I wish when I studied, the hours would go by as fast.
0: Well, I tell you what, the exam is, your to take is going to be three of the longest hours of your life. Because school is for the birds, <laughs> yeah. man. School sucks, bro. <laughs> school ain't cool. That's my opinion. On Put Thursday, it on the record. My mom gets so mad at me when I say this. I'll say it publicly, though. School ain't cool. I don't like it. Dude.
1: Yeah. Hey, yeah? I'm, I'm right there with you. I... The only thing school does – school has done nothing for me. It has done everything for everybody else. I'm no different. I feel like I know something that I didn't know before, but it's nothing I want to know or is beneficial in the long, yeah. grand scheme of things. Exactly, and yeah. The only thing it's done for me is get the respect from people that – People should have been giving anyway. Status. It's a status symbol. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I feel no pride from getting my bachelor's degree, and I'll feel no pride from getting my my law degree. Like, what I would feel pride in is achieving that which I am passionate about and what I, I would like to do.
0: So how are you and, gonna? What's the game plan on that? Do you think you're ever gonna be able to take a stab at it? Or I mean, it's family versus chasing the dream, and it's stability versus uh see, versus I, taking the. I don't the think risk. it has
1: to be versus. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're in competition with one another. I don't think they have to be butting heads. Um, I think, I I think it's hard. I um I mean I've worked full I worked full time while I was doing my undergrad and I was going to school full time. I have a family, I'm working, and I'm going to law school. Like, I haven't had time for a really long time. When I am just working, I'm going to have so much time to pursue the things I love. So, you're not giving up. You're not quitting on any
0: of it. You're not quitting on any of it. I love that.
1: Like, until the day I die, I'm going to be pursuing the things that I am passionate about because that's, I think, the purpose. you know, life. I think that's really why we're here is to find what we're good at, what we, what we love, do that. And in the same turn, make the world better for other people.
0: That is, that's beautiful. And I think what I can say to that is, uh, apply this lesson to our daily lives. Is that a, I looked it up. Is that a thing that more, a Mormon prayer thing? Is that, (laughs)
1: uh, Mormons don't have a set prayer.
0: I was heard that. It, I, I we looked. At, I looked it up, and apparently that apply this lesson to our daily lives is something Mormon. I could just be totally wrong. I don't know. I tried to tie the whole thing together, and I fucked up. I didn't stick the landing. You
1: know what? But you tried. So. <laughs> I did.
0: After you said this beautiful, inspiring thing about how you can't quit, I'll tell you. I had an old roommate of mine who was in the advertising uh, industry, and he wanted to do comedy, and he's. He's a person I know who was just crushing at advertising and was like, no, I'll, I'll just never sleep, and then I'll get to do comedy, too. Now he does it. He writes on Key & Peele and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's, it's rad.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's my dream. Like, my ultimate dream is to write television or movies and uh, maybe a novel or two, and I really think I'll do it.
0: That's amazing. I hope you do. And I hope you kill this exam that you don't want to take. I hope you walk out of here right now and crush this exam that you have no interest in taking. I hope everything wraps up and I hope uh, your kids uh, look at you as an example because you seem like such a smart, passionate, thoughtful guy. And, and it's about to cut off. Any final words?
1: Uh, I appreciate you uh, doing what you do. You, you really are inspirational and you inspire guys like me to just keep at it and to work hard and follow their dream and – Um. Yeah, just thank you very much and for, for having this platform for which I could call you and, and talk to you for a while.
0: Wow, caller, I hope everything sorts itself out. I hope that you and your family and your faith and your world as you live in it all become what you want them to be. W- what a fascinating call and what what an open guy. So thank you for that. And thank you to many other people who helped make Beautiful Anonymous happen. Thank you to the Reverend John DeLore. Thank you to Greta Cohn. Thank you to Shell Shag for the intro music. Please support Shell Shag, one of my favorite groups of all time. Everybody, if you want to know more about my television show, thechrisgethardshow.com. If you want to know about my touring dates, chrisgeth.com. I got June 2nd in Chicago, 3rd and 4th in Denver. Later in the year, I'm going to Dublin and Edinburgh, which is really nuts. And uh, you can check... All that out, thank you for supporting the show, and we'll see you soon with more Beautiful Anonymous. Let me tell you about the Blue Cash Preferred card from American Express with 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. That means 6% cash back even on those cheeses that you can't pronounce but you eat anyway. Start earning cash back at amexbluecash.com. Terms apply. Check them out. Sign up, amexbluecash.com. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Don't think I'm trying to, like, avoid any deep subject. I'm not. Not at all. The brain goes where it wants to go.
0: Absolutely, and that's what this is for, and I I feel like uh, sometimes things get heavy here, and that's okay, and I'm okay with that, but I certainly enjoy going in both directions. I like it. I like you. Yeah. I like this conversation.
1: I like you. No, I like you.
0: We like each other. I like this. Yeah, I'm into it. This mm-hmm. is a real mutual appreciation society here.
1: Aw, that should be our album name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mutual
1: <laughs> this... appreciation society.
0: Yeah, if we ever meet in real life, maybe it'll develop into something where we start a musical group, put out an album. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Sarah Thayer. And I'm Susan Orlean. And nothing makes us happier than hearing what makes people cry. On our show, Cry Babies, we talk to comedians, musicians, writers, and other awesome people about what makes them cry. And sometimes we cry, too. But it's the good kind of crying. Therapeutic. Yeah. Like when Drew Drogie told us why he loves dead Poets society.
1: When it came out, I, I loved English. I wanted to be an English teacher. I was obsessed with that whole world. And I right. boys boarding school, I thought that just looked so amazing. <laughs> also, like Robert Sean Leonard was like an actor. And, you know, and I just thought that was such a, that's such a fabulous thing to be. So listen to Crybabies. Find us on Earwolf, Howl, iTunes,
0: or your favorite podcast app. <laughs>